Hello, and welcome to Friend Diagram. This is the podcast where two friends catch up and find common ground between their favorite media. I'm Remy. I'm Kat. And today we will be doing a head-to-head episode on our favorite summer popcorn films, Twister and Tremors. Warning, spoilers ahead. Hi, Kat. Hi, Remy. How are you doing? I'm good. You know me. I love my popcorn. Movies. <laughs> popcorn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Have you seen that video of Tom Cruise eating popcorn? <laughs> and just like, he loves popcorn movies, popcorn. Uh-huh. It's great. It's phenomenal. It's phenomenal promo. Amazing. I love yeah. that. Oh, man. I'm really sad about... Well, I'm not sad that the uh, Screen Actors Guild has joined the Writers Guild in mm-hmm. their strikes for better conditions. I fully support both of them, but I am a little bit sad that it's going to perhaps affect the fall slate of movies. But you know what? We're going to be okay if they push back some movies. I'd rather have people have good contracts mm-hmm. that preserve their roles in the industry. So that's how I'm feeling right now. How are you feeling? I'm feeling good. Um, I just had tacos and ice cream, so I'm riding that high. And that's been oh my god! What kind of tacos? What kind of ice cream? So there's this little taqueria in town that I've been wanting to try for a while. And so I actually didn't get tacos. I got a burrito bowl type thing. And it was delicious. It had, um, uh, I can't remember, some kind of spicy chicken on top. It was delicious. And then I got a butter pecan ice cream cone afterwards. And it was amazing it was the perfect night <laughs> was it a local ice cream place mm-hmm. yeah it's like a, a tiny little creamery and it smells so good the moment you walk in it oh, just smells like waffle Why cones are they and like that ice cream yeah. it's amazing uh, they smell so good yeah yeah so i had a nice day exploring those were two places that i'd wanted to try for a long time but hadn't so that was lovely so you're traveling right now that's fun I am. I took a little vacation. I really needed it. Uh, I've been losing my mind for the last few weeks, so. I know. I feel like you kind of like Indiana Jones just like slipped under the door on your way out Mm -hmm. and you like reached back (laughs) for your mind and you pulled it under the door with you. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yep. Yes. That's exactly what's happening right now. Oh, man. But yeah, I've had a lovely week. I've been setting up new furniture. Yeah. I got all I my hair chopped furniture. off. <laughs> These are all great activities. Yeah, it's great. What have you been up to? Oh, just like counting down the days until Oppenheimer. Mm-hmm. Just waiting, biding my time. It's tomorrow for me. I cannot wait. I'm so excited. I declined to get Friday night tickets because... I know I'm so exhausted by the end of the week that I'm not going to have the energy to give my full attention. Yeah. And that's why I always opt for, like, Saturday-Sunday showings. And Mm -hmm. so I'm very excited to get there tomorrow morning and finally experience it. It's Mm -hmm. This is the event of the summer for sure, this double feature. So very excited. Yeah, we're going to try to catch it later this weekend, but I'm going to kind of play roulette on the ticket 
buying. Yeah. We will decide how we're feeling. And when we're in the mood, I'll try to get tickets online mm-hmm. prior to the show. But if there aren't any left, I'm sure in this area it won't be, like, selling out as much, though. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely curious to see what it's like in other areas. Mm-hmm. Um, because I know in some bigger cities, people are, like got shut out for this weekend and are already having problems like two and three weeks out getting tickets. So I'm re- I'm glad I got mine when I did, even if I'm going to be sitting in the fifth row and the sound will be <laughs> a lot <laughs> immense. <laughs> you can bring um, earplugs too or something. I know, but would like Christopher Nolan like that? <laughs> <laughs> Christopher Nolan is not responsible for your ear health. That's true. That's true. Uh, Christopher Nolan doesn't have to lay in bed with the lights off if you get a migraine, so. Ooh, yeah. What does Christopher Nolan do? <laughs> I would love to watch a day in his life, wouldn't you? Yeah. Fascinating. He's got to be a fascinating dude. Well, should we get into it? Yeah, let's get into it. We're doing another summer double feature. Woo! Um, the last double feature was pretty delayed because we kind of switched things up for Asteroid City's release and Mm -hmm. my own overwhelming everything. Um, (laughs) overwhelming burden of being. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, but yeah, we're back at it. We've got Twister and Tremors and I know I'm very excited. This is our popcorn movie double feature. Mm Mm-hmm. Movies, popcorn, and <laughs> I'm so excited. Popcorn, movie, popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta send you that clip of Tom Cruise. I love it. Yeah, you do. Oh my god, yeah. He understands. He loves a popcorn movie. He yeah. lives for a popcorn movie. Yes. We're gonna talk about two of the best fucking popcorn movies of the 90s and probably of all time. Yes. I watched both of these in the past couple of days. And the entire time I was watching them, I was living. I was, like, alive with the spirit of cinema and adventure, and I was thrilled. End to end, absolutely loved it. Like I was saying, if you had not selected Twister, I would have selected it. But because you did, because you have amazing taste, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to select Tremors because we got to keep the adventure rolling. And I've never seen Tremors, I so know, it was like I'm a so perfect opportunity. to hear about what you thought. Um, but first, you're going to talk about Twister, correct? I am. I'm kicking things off today, and I'll be talking about Twister. Twister is a 1996 film. It was directed by Jan de Bont. And um, it stars Helen Hunt and Bill Paxton. And um, it is also graced with the faces of Philip Seymour Hoffman and Alan Ruck, who are uh, famous for their roles in like Big Lebowski and Ferris Bueller's Day Off, respectively. And so this movie is amazing. I have like watched this movie so many times i grew up loving it it is a big reason why i just am fascinated by tornadoes i just absolutely love it and i was kind of worried coming back to it as an adult that i wouldn't like it as much or i'd find like flaws in it as i as one does with movies made in the 80s and 90s these days absolutely (laughs) um but this film holds up 
And I am so happy that we get to talk about it. So just to give everyone a basic synopsis of the film, our main character is Bill, and he's played by Bill Paxton. And he is trying desperately to get his divorce papers signed um, (laughs) so that he can get remarried. So he's like tracking down his ex-wife, Joe, who is played by Helen Hunt. And they used to like work together, chasing storms, chasing tornadoes, and trying to like gather as much data from these twisters as possible. And he kind of gets lured into Joe's trap of storm chasing. Well, she, she kind is of, it a trap when it's a force of nature? <laughs> she kind of tricks him into chasing storms all day instead of signing these divorce papers. I know, but she didn't create those storms all day. <laughs> I think we're going to fall on different sides for Joe. Um, <laughs> Joe is absolute chaos. So anyways, he tags along for this day of storm chasing with his fiance, who is not a storm chaser, knows nothing about storm chasing. She's like a therapist Mm -hmm. and she is perfect and innocent. Her name is Melissa. I love Melissa. Okay. Just a gem. Interesting description. (laughs) (laughs) And so... Their main goal for chasing these tornadoes all day is so that they can launch their device, Dorothy. And Dorothy basically contains a bunch of sensors that will read the internal conditions of a tornado with the hopes that they can then develop more early warning systems because Joe had a tragedy happen early in her life where her father was killed because a tornado um came through their house and they basically had no warning for this tornado coming through their town. And so um, Joe's really passionate about early warning systems because it's personally affected her. And this passion has slowly developed into an obsession and Joe acts very recklessly at times because of her obsession with these storms. But in general, going on this storm chasing adventure kind of reignites a spark between Bill and Joe and kind of puts their relationship back on the table. So that's the general synopsis. This film is great. Um, it's so good. One of the reasons I think I love this film as much as I do is because Michael Crichton was one of the writers on this film. Mm-hmm. He is amazing. I think he's the king of incorporating science into a really good plot. He is like kind of a precursor to Andy Weir in a way, who I also think does this very well in his books, where the science doesn't go over everyone's heads. That's trying to read it. It's not too dense. It's accessible to everybody. I think he's like a perfect example of what science communication can be. And I really love his um, novels, Jurassic Park. He's also really well known for the Andromeda strain, but there are some deeper cuts that I'm a fan of, like Sphere and Micro. So if you do like Twister and you want more Michael Crichton, those are all some really good picks um, for you to check out. This film also just has amazing visuals, 
Like some of the CGI is terrible because it's made in the nineties. That's just it's the not time. so bad though. It's not. It's really not. But it's but really like, not that bad. <laughs> the title sequence is terrible. It's not good. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's very corny. <laughs> sure, um, sure, sure. But like, not only do we get these amazing CGI tornadoes that we're looking at, but we're also those are pretty in- good. We're in the heartland of America. We're getting yeah. to see cornfields and these wonderful, like, country dirt roads and yes. these skies. I was watching, like, a making of Twister video, Ooh. which is, like, somebody recorded their VHS on a TV. <laughs> it's amazing. And they, like, were actually storm chasing for, like, research on... Mm-hmm the the parts they were playing and they were like following storm chasers around and so the conditions that they were filming in were actually in kind of tornado conditions which is really really cool and kind of explains how they made things look so realistic Uh throughout the whole film as i mentioned i love tornadoes they're fascinating and devastating and thrilling um and the unpredictability of them creates a lot of tension in the film just in and of itself. Like you don't know where a tornado is going to pop up. You don't know what direction it's going to turn. And I think that they use that really well to build tension throughout the film. Mm -hmm. The drive-in scene is probably my favorite tornado scene, Mm. uh, followed closely by the twin tornado twisters where they're sucking up all the water. Water spout. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. But the drive-in scene is really cool where um, the tornado starts coming through and they're watching The Shining and you're seeing this iconic scene of Jack Nicholson like taking an axe to the door while Wendy's inside and it like slowly starts breaking up the screen and it is impeccable. It's so good. Yeah. Amazing to watch. This movie rules. Yeah. (laughs) It's so good. Like, end-to-end, it completely rules. (laughs) Yeah. And then the last thing I want to bring up about the film is that the characters are just incredible. Like, some of my favorites to watch are Dusty and Rabbit. Yeah! Dusty is so Ah! weird. That's Philip Seymour Hoffman's character. so much! He's odd and enthusiastic and always way too close to everyone's faces. And it's just so so uncomfortable. But I love love him. He's so endearing. And I love Rabbit, too. I feel like Rabbit is unappreciated. But it's also just really fascinating to think about how pre-GPS this would have worked. Oh my god. The whole time I was like, Alan Ruck is gonna love GPS. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but like it's so cool. I'm I'm a big fan of just like watching Rabbit like look at maps. And I love when he's oh, yeah. like roll the maps. You can't just fold the maps because then we can't yes. see some of the roads. And he oh, like goes on and on about it. I love it. Um, I think Joe is such a fascinating character to watch. She's so oh, yeah. frustrating and uh just I don't like her. <laughs> um I love her. <laughs> she's so frustrating. She like wants to kill everybody on accident. Like she wants to throw herself into a tornado and she doesn't care if Bill's trying to like save her from said tornado. She's like, you can come with me. Let's go look at the inside of this tornado together. It's absolutely batshit. I mean, he's there voluntarily. 
you can't just let someone walk into a tornado. She would have died at least four times in that film if Bill okay, had not perhaps. directly pulled her away from a tornado. She's impossible. No wonder uh, they got a great. divorce. <laughs> I think they deserve each other. Melissa is... She deserves better. She reminds me of um, Bill Pullman's character in uh, Sleepless in Seattle, where you're just mm-hmm. like, this person's only fault is that they're like a little boring and they're not as cool as like the main relationship. I think she was just like too uptight for that scene. I was like, yeah, she needs to get out of here. She, If she's not like down to ride with this crew, then I don't want to see her. But also, <laughs> it's just, it's a lot. And she did almost die, like, multiple times. And she goes, she, so she encourages his hobby. And she's like, sure, we can go do this. This sounds fun. She encourages his hobby of storm chasing. Then she gets ignored the entire day. (laughs) I'd be pissed. While her ex-husband is, like, rekindling things with his ex-wife, while you have to, like, listen to it at one point. And it's like... Everyone just needs to chill the fuck out. Why are the radios always running, by the way? I love it. Everyone's on a hot mic all the time. (laughs) It's great. But they don't act like they're on a hot mic ever. I know. I, I loved it. I was, well, I don't know. I feel like the screenplay does a good job of laying or like providing the doubt that she didn't really understand what Bill Paxton was all about as a person. Uh, She has that really great line where she says, when you said you chased tornadoes, I thought it was a metaphor or something (laughs) like that. That's true. But Bill Paxton doesn't know what he's about either because he's trying to go get a boring meteorologist weatherman (sighs) job. And that's that's who she thinks he is. Yeah, so I think he maybe Melissa's did some misrepresenting. Here. Yeah, Melissa's not at fault here, in my mind. Also, I'm really glad that she chooses herself, she leaves him, and she has so much dignity while doing so. Like, she says, don't worry about me, I know my way home. And I love that line. I think she's so strong and great, and she deserves better, and she needs to dump his ass. Yeah, I'm glad she recognized they were not a match once she saw his true essence, but Mm -hmm. I do think she could have been a little less uptight. (laughs) That's all I'm going to say. I think that's fair. But some people can't help being uptight. Like, some and is that the person that you want to spend the rest of your life with? But, like, Bill Paxton was in denial. He would have, like, ended that day and married her still. And it's like, Bill, you just need to figure out what the fuck you want. I know. I guess... I think I'm just expressing this opinion because I'm so envious that she got to ride in the van with Dusty on this convoy, and there's no other place I'd rather be. I would fucking kill, A, to be in that convoy, A, superscript to be in Dusty's van in the barn burner. That's yeah, where I want to be. That's the one this you is... want to ride in? <laughs> yeah, man. With the I megaphone with and the rabbit. tunes, of course. I want to help navigate desperately. <laughs> Um, oh my god i just want to be a part of this crew i want to be like whipping down those country (laughs) roads through the corn this is very similar to the area where i grew up visually so Mm -hmm. like careening down those those like side roads when the camera is mounted to the top of the van and you're in the midst of the convoy Mm -hmm. and you're like 
in motion following everyone in a line. Those are some of my favorite shots in history. I love the kinetic energy of that. And mm-hmm. I love how it recreates like the feeling in my heart of just going way too fast down a country <laughs> road. And it makes me so excited. I could just scream. I just <laughs> want to be there so badly. So that's why I get so mad that Melissa's not having a good time when Dusty just wants to hold her hand in the background of every scene. I love scene. Dusty. I love that she allows him to hold her. I but love like, that choice she, so much. Yeah. Dusty is amazing. Oh my god. I love Dusty. I think this is the perfect, like, um, I think this was like Philip Seymour Hoffman workshopping his future character scotty J in boogie nights you have to watch boogie nights if you if you love dusty you're gonna love scotty (laughs) J. amazing oh man but yeah this movie is just amazing i can come back to it a million times and just be like these people are so strange also, they would have definitely died in that last scene. And I just need... Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> they would have been shredded to pieces. Yeah. 300 By mile debris. an hour winds. They didn't they, account for debris so whatsoever. Debris there, and they were just like <laughs> vibing out, like <laughs> waving around in the wind. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Um, but I'm perfectly happy to suspend my oh, disbelief for, sure. yeah. for a moment or two. Because I think this... This screenplay is exquisite. Yeah. And I love the excellent use of the competitor team. Oh, yeah. I think yeah. they're employed expertly. Mm-hmm. The one led by Carrie Always and mm-hmm. that the other guy who's a total that guy who finally got his spotlight in devs. God, what is his name? Let me look at it really quick. Oh, I the think guy that drives. The guy that drives. Yeah, I love I think him. his character's name is Tony. Yeah. Um, what is his real name in real life? Zach Grainer. Or Grenier. Sorry, Zach. I don't know which one it is. Anyway, he's great. I love him. He's excellent in devs. And I... We need to start think- a devs count. <laughs> Every time devs comes up, we need to put a I need, like, mark. a jar to put a quarter in. <laughs> For when I talk about devs or patriot. (laughs) Remy's devs jar. Yeah. Um, When you watch it, you'll know what I mean. Mm -hmm. But that competitor team is a perfect screenwriting device. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I mean, it drives everything forward. It gives you a perfect enemy. Even when, like, there's feuding amongst our Mm A-team, there's always that common enemy. And... Everything, like you were saying earlier, um, how Michael Crichton shines with science communication through entertainment, I totally agree. They do, they take such care through the dialogue to make sure the viewer is totally, like, up to date on what's happening and on the same page as the characters through exposition that's not terribly clunky or Mm -hmm. anything like everything is in such plain language you know what they want to do you know how their device works you know what the ultimate goal is at all times you know why they don't like the other team Mm -hmm. and you just you understand completely what's happening the whole time Mm -hmm. and it's just so well executed and it just allows you to get so swept up in the action and the adventure and being on the team it's Mm -hmm. It's amazing. It's such a good feeling. I 
was so thrilled watching it. I loved it. I was so happy it held up, too, because I mm-hmm. always have that same concern. Yeah. And the whole time I was like, this movie rules. I love it. <laughs> it's a perfect yes, movie. It is. It is a perfect movie. Incredible. I'm so happy we both got to watch that because yeah. just such a great film. I know. And there's also even more hidden gems on the team too Mm -hmm. jeremy davies he plays daniel faraday on lost so all of my lost people will recognize him and the this pass i haven't watched this in at least a couple of years this time around i was shocked to find todd field on the team he's the guy that sings oklahoma Okay. Um, fucking Todd Field, the director of Tar, is on the squad. Whoa. I was like, oh my god, I can't believe Todd Field is here. This is the dream team to wow. end all dream teams. I was so excited. Yeah, and they work so well as a team. They just oh like god, are all amazing. doing their specific jobs, and they're doing them well, and no one fucks up. No. Except for Joe. Joe's constantly trying to run into a tornado. But like... Everyone else is performing their functions flawlessly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, amazing. That's all I've got. Do you have anything to add on Twister? Do I have anything to add? I, like I said, I think this is a perfect screenplay. I think my favorite event is the very first team. The very first time the entire team rolls out. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're playing the music over the speakers. And they're trying to launch Dorothy for the first time, but there's so many good moments. It's mm-hmm. incredible. I love it when Bill Paxton saves the dog from the collapsing house. I think that's great. I love Moe's. I love that Moe's joins the team. That's incredible. Such a good boy. And one small detail that I noticed this time that I don't know if I noticed before was during the final act where they are adding the like wing components uh-huh. to the sensors yeah. made out of Pepsi cans. Uh-huh. Everyone slices the fuck out of their hands because they're cutting up aluminum. Oh cans god, by I didn't hand. notice that. It's great. Every insert shot of people working <laughs> on that, their hands are all bleeding and bandaged. I'm like, that's exactly how that would go. Thank you yeah. for including that. That is so true to life. I love this detail. Yeah. And at the end, when they're all celebrating, their hands are about bleeding. <laughs> I need to watch for that next time. <laughs> it's great. Oh, man. Oh, and it's it's amazing. Uh, what a feeling mm-hmm. to treasure this film is. Ready for Tremors? Are you are you ready for Tremors? I'm ready. I'm ready oh, for Tremors. My God, like I said, because you chose Twister, I chose Tremors, the 1990 classic film, written by S. S. Wilson and Brent Maddock, and directed by Ron Underwood, starring Kevin Bacon, Fred Ward, and Finn Carter. Much like Twister, it is a rewatchable that lives in my heart forever. Mm-hmm. I've watched it many a time. I enjoy it thoroughly every time, and it's just packed to the brim with adventure, mm-hmm. and that's what makes it a popcorn movie to me. It's, like, so easy to watch. You can jump in at any time. You always know what's happening. You always know the goal, and you just love watching this team work together towards this common goal and get things done. There's so much to love about it. 
I feel like I've seen it a million times and it never gets old. And my rewatch this week was thoroughly enjoyable because just like you said, I was a little bit trepidatious that maybe something wouldn't hold up. But I Mm -hmm. think by and large, it really held up. The main plot of Tremors is that we are somewhere in the American West, which you know I love. (laughs) You do love that. (laughs) We're in a very, very, very small desert town. Yeah. And it's called Perfection. It's got a population of about 14 people. (laughs) And we're following two main characters, like two completely equal leads, the Kevin Bacon and Fred Ward characters, Val and Earl. They are handymen that work in this town doing odd jobs, and their goal is to get out of the town and move on to, like, the next biggest town and kind of get on with their lives and move on to bigger and better things. But Mm -hmm. they find out soon that things kind of get in the way. And we get a little taste of their life before things go completely crazy or before they realize things are going crazy because an awesome part of the first act of the film is watching Val and Earl piece together all of the bizarre happenings in this area and finding out that something, like, unnatural is going on. (laughs) So we get an awesome peek into Val and Earl's lifestyle, which let me just, like, lay out some of my favorite bullet points for you that encapsulates their lifestyle in the desert town of perfection. So, first thing in the morning, cigarette right away. That's the first thing you do (laughs) when you wake up. you got to have a cigarette first thing. Then, when you get to the general store, also presumably first thing in the morning, you need to pound a beer right away. (laughs) (laughs) They know every single person there. I know there's probably fewer than 20 people, but... They know them all intimately, and I love that. I think it that feels is like the cast amazing. of a video game. It feels <laughs> like Stardew Valley in real life. They, yeah, but with worms. They thoroughly understand their community. They do odd jobs, so they have many different skills. Meaning, they know how to operate a lot of different machinery, which is very cool, mm-hmm. and they use a lot of different tools. They drive a cool truck, <laughs> and. One of my favorite features of their relationship is that rock, paper, scissors is law. And if you ever need to settle something, you do one round of rock, paper, scissors, and it's settled. (laughs) So that's a peek into what makes Val and Earl such great co-leads. I love them. Yeah, the first time (laughs) they were going to do the rock, paper, scissors, I was like, why is he fist pumping? What's (laughs) happening right now? Because I had no context. And I was like, I just don't know what's happening. Yeah. Um, this movie is incredible. It's a, the perfect movie length of 96 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think you could pick a more ideal movie length. <laughs> and you watch them slowly uncover the fact that there are very large, very expertly puppeteered <laughs> subterranean yes. worms that have begun to become very aggressive <laughs> in their small town. <laughs> Something has caused them to surface and begin terrorizing and or eating people and animals in the area. Mm-hmm. And they kind of do a little light detective work and put things together with the help of a seismology geology graduate student, Rhonda, mm-hmm. who has just taken up station in their valley location. 
And together they all use these disparate clues to figure out that there's some weird species of sandworm that they term graboids. And there's four of them in this valley that is surrounded by mountains and a cliff that has trapped them there with these sandworms. And they Mm -hmm. know that something needs to be done about these four worms because they're beginning to eat people and they can sense their vibrations and track them and kill them and suck them under the sand and eat them. And this is one of my favorite tropes of all time where it's this insatiable force of nature a la Jaws or Nope or some such where Mm -hmm. you have this species that you're up against and I just absolutely love it. I think it's the best and Val and Earl do their best to warn the town Mm -hmm. and preserve as much life as possible while also doing a a trial and error run to figure out what the rules are of how these worms operate and how you can beat them, how you can evade them, and how they can get out of this town and into the mountains so they can go for help and avoid getting eaten. And I just love the way the script unfolds where you're watching them gain these clues and use different types of information like the shape of the worms or the seismology outputs or all of this different stuff to understand the rules of what they're dealing with and apply those rules further and and try to protect the people around them. I think it's perfectly deployed. It also does one of my very favorite things where it it shows us the worm POV. (laughs) Yeah. Which I like to call dirt cam. And it does, like, they do a great job. They have, like, a guy running with a steady cam over mm-hmm. the desert floor, but also sometimes they go under the ground to show us the worms, like, underground <laughs> POV it's to build dirt. tension. It's so amazing. It's the best shit of all time. Yeah. The worm crew on this did such a good job. I just loved everything they did from, <laughs> there had to be puppeteering. Oh, and, yeah. And, like, the, it was all practical effects, which is amazing i you know i love that you do the worm bodies and limbs and the worm design i think is really cool yeah and it looks like they put a lot of thought and care into it to make something that could hypothetically move well underground at least in the like head area Mm -hmm. i think the design was really neat and i think the practical effects were great And they did that classic thing that I love, where in lieu of showing us the worm, they used really creative practical effects to represent the presence of an unseen Mm -hmm. threat, whether that's like a fence shaking and falling down, or boards on a boardwalk going up, or like a lot of dust or dirt like flying up in the air. They Mm -hmm. did an excellent job of representing the presence of the worm threat. Without giving too much away, which I think is a craft and a skill that should be celebrated. Mm -hmm. And most of all, this film employs amazing teamwork, certainly from Earl and Val and Rhonda, the graduate student, but also from other members of the community who are chipping in and trying to get everyone as a group to safety. I love watching everyone troubleshoot as a group and Mm -hmm. kind of save each other in turns 
and use ingenuity and problem solving and thinking on their feet to progress and fight against a common enemy. I just, I love it when the group (laughs) works together. It's so satisfying. Yeah, and I think in a movie like this, I came into it expecting more infighting. And Mm -hmm. there was only like one instance of like someone disagreeing the the guy with the guns. I can't remember his name off the top Bert, of my head. Yeah. <laughs> Bert, Bert gets angry because he's like, well, I could have stayed in my bunker, sure. but now I'm stuck on this rock. And right. so I blame you for that. And there's only one one point like that where people are butting heads. But I was kind of expecting like maybe Bert to go off and do something reckless and then end up getting killed. But I love how well they worked as a team and how well they managed their own emotions. And yeah, that's what gets them out of it. I know. I'm glad you bring up Bert because Bert and his wife, what is her name? She's played by Reba McIntyre, which yes, I she also is. think is incredible. She's amazing. <laughs> Reba does a good job. Her character's name is Heather. Yeah. And Bert and Heather are maybe the first time I was introduced to the concept of preppers <laughs> in that <laughs> they have a bunker full of like food rations and water and guns, like so many guns in this small small so town many guns. and the sequence where the worm breaks into their basement and they shoot him with like 500 different yeah. guns is i love the way it is edited because mm-hmm. our heroes in the town know that the worm is heading for the bunker and we see it bust in through the wall and there's a perfect cut one of the best cuts ever where you cut back to the town perspective from miles away and you hear that echoing sound of all of their massive guns going off in the canyon essentially and that's the way you find out that they weren't instantly eaten by the worm and i think that's just excellent decision making great directing great editing there's a lot of really great editing in this film i think that's underrated and I think it's really funny because they treat Bert and Heather as a bunch of absolute weirdos, which I think is deserved. (laughs) But when they come through in the end and kill one of the worms, Earl has a really great line where he says, well, I guess I can't make fun of your lifestyle anymore, (laughs) which I think is hilarious. Earl is amazing. I love Earl. Earl is so good. I love all of these characters except for Melvin. I would not have been sad if Melvin <laughs> had. I thought for sure Melvin was gonna die. I know. He's I such was like, an get idiot. this fucking kid out of here. He's dead weight. I, I hate love when Melvin. I love when Bert gives him a gun though, and it's not loaded. <laughs> yeah, he's like Bert, you asshole, and he's like, got you moving though, didn't it, dude? Melvin, you suck so bad. <laughs> but yeah, I. I just love the entire setup. I love Walter and his general store. I love how everyone hangs out there. R.I.P. Walter. I'm sorry that happened to you. But <laughs> I love how how everyone takes a turn contributing to the problem yes. solving, mm-hmm. which I think is great. And they, they really do carry out a lot of logical steps, which mm-hmm. helps you not to be frustrated with anyone, which also makes it really enjoyable because you're never like shouting at your screen to be like, obviously yeah. do that, obviously do that. They, they try out a lot of really logical stuff. Yeah, these and are, like, competent people that I would trust in a survival scenario. Very competent, very brave, Yeah, and 
a lot of greater a lot of greater greater good choices being mm-hmm. made and that's really satisfying and so yeah i i don't know if i want to go into any more detail than that do you think that covered the general vibe of tremors yeah yeah i think so i really enjoyed it on yeah what did you think this was your first time watching it Tell it me was all my about first it. time watching it i really enjoyed it i don't think i've seen kevin bacon in anything aside from footloose um mm-hmm. so i was really impressed with his performance in this he does like this funny thing with his lip that like stuck out to me and i was yeah. like what are you doing with your lip <laughs> like he's he like lifts one side of his lip i was like <laughs> what are you doing <laughs> who told you to do that you look huh. weird um but i love the grad student and i love there are like many moments throughout where she's like why are you asking me i don't know any more about this than you do and they're like well you're smarter than <laughs> apparently i know but i love love that because i would feel the exact same way (laughs) survival situation if someone was like well you've got higher education what do we do here i'd be like i don't know yeah i love it when they defer to Rhonda because she's the seismologist and she also seems to understand a lot about like basic biology as well and stuff about soil (laughs) (laughs) i love that they thoroughly respect her input i enjoy that for sure Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she's wonderful. I she's love her great. character. She's so smart. And mm-hmm. my favorite moment of hers, I think, is when she like sees Kevin Bacon's character get like surrounded by yeah. guys. And there's like this really good scene. The graboids are like trying to suss out where Kevin Bacon is, and he's standing really right, still, with their and feelers. he keeps like lifting his leg up and putting it down on the other side and it's like yeah. really really tense i love that oh, yeah. scene. and she's like in the meantime trying to kick this pipe to so that it's like splashing water onto the ground so it draws to the make worm vibrations back. yeah oh my god it's such a good scene it's so yes. tense and she like takes the initiative so smart i never would have thought to do that i never Excellent in a million years solving. would have thought to do that I do, um, but that's what's so satisfying about it. Yeah, for sure. Now I know to do that. If I'm not <laughs> stuck on a water tower that's old and has one pipe leading down. Love it. Um, yeah, it was a really fantastic film. I could see myself watching that again, for sure. Yeah. I, yeah. They build great tension with mm-hmm. the the Graboids getting near to people and trying mm-hmm. to find them, whether with their feelers or just like, you know, that they're nearby because you've seen their POV or yeah. for some other evidence. And they do a great job of tension building and making sure you understand exactly what the threat is. And there's just something about the way things are constructed at first, where you're almost watching Well, I think it's amazing because at first Val and Earl think that there's a serial killer on the loose because yeah, that's a logical. That's a logical. It's so logical. It's completely like that's definitely what they should have thought because they find all these dead people and like just like a guy's head and dead sheep and these people dying of thirst because they're trying to avoid something and they're like there's a serial killer on the loose and then they call for help and the help also gets eaten Mm -hmm. and the road crew is eaten and like all they find is bloody hard hats and it's 
Everything is going insane. They're just trying to leave town because they finally got the initiative to leave. Mm -hmm. And now they're trapped because there's like a serial killer on the loose and our pet's heads are falling off and all of this stuff is going wrong. And it's lo- I love it. It's perfect. And then they become an integral part of the problem-solving team mm-hmm. of perfection. And it's a perfect progression of people working together and just thinking of really creative ways to advance the plot and work mm-hmm. against these worms and dwindle down their numbers because you are always very thoroughly kept up to date with how many worms are left. Mm-hmm. And, of course... Of course, you're left with Stumpy, the Mm -hmm. main nemesis of Worm. In the end, who's the smartest worm, a Mm -hmm. very smart worm, who has incredible throwing accuracy. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. For something that can't see where it's going to throw something, it hit its target. It hit the mark. I was like, no. Oh my god, get him in the major league. What an arm on that guy. (laughs) Can you imagine? Oh, man. It's a thrilling film. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, You liked it? I liked it. I liked it a lot. It was fun. It was a good watch. Yeah. These two films, I'm very excited to talk about what they have in common. Yeah. Are you ready for our Venn diagram? Our friend diagram? I think I am, if you are ready. I'm ready. All right. Do you want to kick us off with the first one? (sighs) There's just so much. Um... I will start with something really easy in that these are both incredibly rewatchable films. Mm -hmm. I've watched them both so many times and they never get old. They're thrilling every time and I love them. And I think a lot of that is due to them both having excellent screenplays. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Can you remind me who wrote Tremors? Did you say? S.S. Wilson and Brent Maddock. Yeah. Perfect. I'm trying to decide what to start with. Yeah, there's so much. Um, I guess there's... One thing I have written down is that they both end with a good kiss. Oh, yeah. That's Mm -hmm. true. Um, I have that both of these films feature great crews versus a force of nature. So it's kind of two things, but Mm -hmm. it's just like we all band together and do something to conquer this incredible force of nature, which yeah. is one of the best premises of all time, in my opinion, especially for a popcorn movie. Yeah, yeah. And I think the teams function really well. And yes. in Twister, you expect them to function very well, because this is like a team of professional storm chasers. But in Tremors, kind of like I alluded to earlier, I didn't expect as much teamwork or as, like, well-functioning teams. Mm -hmm. But I think that they, like, realized really early on that no one can make it out on their own. So they have to stick together and think of a way to survive together. And I think that everyone is really um, constructive and they listen to each other's ideas and they don't make anyone feel stupid for any ideas. And I love that. I really, really enjoyed that aspect of it. Yeah, and everyone has really good ideas. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like, it's not just Val and Earl. Like, you also have Bert and Miguel Mm -hmm. and Nancy and all these different people having ideas and contributing. Mm -hmm. For sure. Um, To kind of go off of that, there, (laughs) there's a very creative aspect to these films where there are late game arts and crafts. So 
and Twister. <laughs> They're putting pinwheels on the sensors so that the sensors get yeah. sucked up into the tornado. And then in um, Tremors, they're making bombs. Pipe bombs. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. If you want to call that arts of crafts, I'll allow it. <laughs> That's what I'm going to call it. Wow. Okay. Okay. Amazing. Uh, I One thing that I picked out today, which I was kind of primed by a conversation I had last night with a friend uh-huh. that I'll tell you about. One thing these have in common is they both have capable and brave female scientist leads mm-hmm. yeah. in Joe and Rhonda. Mm-hmm. And that really stuck out to me today when I was watching them because I just had a conversation last night with a friend, like a former colleague mm-hmm. from my most recent workplace. And we were talking about our favorite Christopher Nolan films <laughs> because we were, you know, talking about the build up to Oppenheimer. And she was talking about how much she loved interstellar because it was the first time she saw a prominent female scientist portrayed on screen she's younger than me so Mm -hmm. she missed you know ripley and and tremors and (laughs) twister (laughs) probably but it that made it really stick out to my mind that we have two like early examples of really capable female scientists killing it as a crucial team members and these immaculate crews and that's something that Michael Crichton especially does really well. Mm-hmm. There's lots of really good female characters in Michael Crichton's work, and they're also competent and capable. Mm-hmm. Um, this is, I think this is my last one, and this is an easy one. But something I thought was interesting was that there was um, Old Mountain Dew product placement, which I really <laughs> loved. I love the old Mountain Dew logo where it's like a white background with kind of green text. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful logo. I would drink Ooh. Mountain Dew if it still had that logo. And I don't know why they changed it to like bro dude. It's very bro now. I can't. <laughs> um, <laughs> and they need to go back to the old logo because it's so good. So in Twister, you see this like in the aluminum cans that they're cutting up. It's mostly Pepsi cans, but there are some um, Mountain Dew cans sprinkled in there too. Nice. And there's like a sign on the side of the general store in Tremors that uh, has the old Mountain Dew logo, and it's so yeah. good. And I was like, I oh my God, I can't believe it. Mountain Dew used to be so popular. <laughs> I noticed also in the general store in Tremors, they had old glass bottles of Gatorade. I saw that too. I was like, oh, I would kill to spend an hour in this general store. Yeah. <laughs> and just yeah, look at amazing. everything. It was so awesome. Yeah. Great yeah. production design. Loved it. Yeah, it was awesome. Let me see. I have a couple more things. Mm-hmm. One of them is that by and large, I was impressed with how the visual effects held up across the oh, board. Oh, yeah. Aside sure. from like the opening of Twister, <laughs> a lot of it looked great. Mm-hmm. And uh, also, I think a, a lot of stuff holds up in Tremors because it seems purely practical across yeah. the board. And that always ages really well to mm-hmm. me. And I think people put a lot of great work and care into that craft. And I think it looks it looks as good as it can look for a movie that's this old. So I think people did an awesome job on that. Another commonality, I think I said this already, but I'm going to say it again. When I was watching each of these films, the entire time in my head, I was just thinking, this is a perfect film. <laughs> I love it. It's so good. Mm-hmm. 
And the final thing I have is that they each are from the years we were born, respectively. Oh, really? Yeah. I forgot that. Yes. Oh, I love that. That's a I great know. overlap. That's a true friend diagram. That's a true friend diagram. <laughs> wow. Amazing. Good catch. Thank you. I love this episode. This was such I a fun love conversation. This <laughs> I love everything I viewed this week. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. made me so happy. Uh, uh, perfect films. Perfect I'm films. excited to talk about our last picks for our summer movie series. Have you picked one yet? <laughs> I could right now. Yeah, I can make a game time decision. Sure. Okay. Do you want a minute to think about it? Let me just make sure I have the year right. Okay. I'm ready when you are. <laughs> I can't believe this is rated like this. Okay, sorry. I'm ready. You go first. So our final summer double feature is going to be Summer Hidden Gems as the theme. And I will be covering something that might not be a hidden gem to people of a certain age, but certainly to people of your age and my age. Mm -hmm. The 1977 film Sorcerer, directed by William Friedkin. Oh, I've never even heard of this. I think it counts as a hidden gem because no one talks about it anymore. Yeah. But I think they should. I'm and so I'm going to so be talking intrigued. about Sorcerer, baby. <laughs> That's amazing. I can't wait to watch this. Yeah. Um, my pick is the 2014 film Love and Mercy, which focuses in on the Beach Boys, specifically um, Brian Wilson's character. And it follows him as a young man and then as an older individual. Um, and I feel like this film has not gotten the love it deserves. It's got a 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. It People slept on this film, and I'm obsessed. It's so good. And the Beach Boys are like quintessential summer music. I just love it. I've seen that. I love it. I'm so excited for you to watch it and hear what you think. This is going to be fun. Oh, and it's got one of our faves in it. It's got... Um, Paul Dano? Paul Dano, yeah. Yeah, I see Amazing. Yeah. Um, and the reason I picked this was because I was watching an interview with Paul Dano where he was breaking down his most iconic characters. And oh. it was a really good interview. And he talked about this role. And I was like, oh, I forgot that he was in it. And he did such a good job. It was amazing. Yeah. So, Oh, I can't wait for you to watch Sorcerer. It is such a good Roy Scheider movie. It's oh, really? Primo. I can't wait. Okay. Well, we've got our picks and we'll be wrapping up this series in August. So excited. I can't wait. Yay. Thanks for joining us this week on Friend Diagram. Thank you to Tyler Seek for the creation of our intro and outro music. Did you take any of our recommendations? Have any thoughts on the show? Let us know at frienddiagrampod at gmail.com, and we might read your email on a future episode. If you can, please take a moment to rate and review the show on your podcast app of choice, and we'll see you back here, same place, next week. Bye for now.